Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the August 9th episode of the podcast, Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at number 1776 through 1782 of the Catechism. Article 6, Moral Conscience, 1776. Deep within his conscience, man discovers a law which he has not laid upon himself, but which he must obey its voice ever calling him to love and do what is good and to avoid what is evil, sounds in his heart at the right moment. For man has in his heart a law inscribed by God. His conscience is man's most secret core, his sanctuary. There he is alone with God, whose voice echoes in his depths. 1. The Judgment of Conscience, 1777 Moral conscience, present at the heart of the person, enjoins him at the appropriate moment to do good and to avoid evil. It also judges particular choices, approving those that are good and denouncing those that are evil. It bears witness to the authority of truth in reference to the supreme good to which the human person is drawn, and it welcomes the commandments. When he listens to his conscience, the prudent man can hear God speaking. 1778 conscience is a judgment of reason whereby the human person recognises the moral quality of a concrete act that he is going to perform, is in the process of performing or has already completed. In all he says and does, man is obliged to follow faithfully what he knows to be just and right. It is the judgment of his conscience that man perceives and recognises the prescriptions of the divine law. Conscience is a law of the mind, yet Christians would not grant that it is nothing more. I mean that it was not a dictate, nor conveyed the notion of responsibility, of duty, of a threat and a promise. Conscience is a messenger of him who both in nature and in grace speaks to us behind a veil and teaches us and rules us by his representatives. Conscience is the Aboriginal Vicar of Christ. 1779. It is important for every person to be sufficiently present to himself in order to hear and follow the voice of his conscience. This requirement of interiority is all the more necessary as life often distracts us from any reflection, self-examination or introspection. Return to your conscience, question it, Turn inward, brethren, and in everything you do, see God as your witness. 1780. The dignity of the human person implies and requires uprightness of moral conscience. Conscience includes the perception of the principles of morality, syndesis, their application to the given circumstances by practical discernment of reasons and goods, and finally judgment about concrete acts yet to be performed or already performed. The truth about the moral good stated in the law of reason is recognised practically and coordinated by prudent judgment of conscience. We call that man prudent who chooses in conformity with his judgment. 1781. Conscience enables one to assume responsibility for the acts performed. If man commits evil, the just Judgment of conscience can remain within him as a witness to the universal truth of the good at the same time as the evil of his particular choice. 
The verdict of the judgment of conscience remains a pledge of hope and mercy. In attesting to a fault committed, it calls to mind the forgiveness that must be asked, the good which must still be practised, and the virtue that must be constantly cultivated with the grace of God. We shall treasure our hearts, we shall reassure our hearts before him, whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. 1782. Man has the right to act in conscience and in freedom so as personally to make moral decisions. He must not be forced to act contrary to his conscience, nor must he be prevented from acting according to his conscience, especially in religious matters. Okay, so we move on today to the subject of conscience. Conscience is a, a very important um, uh, element of, of morality. Again, the Catechism isn't going to get into too many examples. It won't get into the difficult examples. But what it needs to do is it needs to lay the foundation. Again, the Catechism came out and then you had Veritatis Splendor. Veritatis Splendor is the other extremely important document of the Church to help in the uh, principles of moral theology. But here you have um, really very simple things being said. And it is, um, in simple words, what the Church has always t taught. What over 2,000 years of reflection, the place she has arrived. But certain things are there from the beginning. And this idea that we have a conscience is there. It's already in the Old Testament. We, you know, It predates Jesus Christ. This understanding that we have a law written within us. I mean, the, 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 the uh, best example of this law is the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are written within us. There is within us, written in our hearts, a prohibition on murder. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. It's all written in our hearts, inscribed by God. And this is true for Christians and non-Christians. You know, somebody, just because they're not lucky enough to know Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean that... Uh, Adultery is okay for them. Or it's okay for uh, other people to murder. There's no problem with it. Because they're not Christian. No. That it is inscribed in the heart of every person. Every one of us has a conscience. And for this we need to, um, to allow our conscience to work. That so often we have, and this is especially a problem of our generation... We don't have the quiet we need. We push, we push, we push. We're always moving, always talking, always noise. Noise everywhere. Now people are walking around with uh, with uh, earbuds in their ears and they hear nothing. That everything is always noise. Always, um, always with background noise. And we don't have literally time to think. And we need to think. We need to meditate. We need to pray. And we need to make decisions, especially the big decisions in life. You can't decide, Mickey Mouse, if you're going to get married or not get married. If I'm going to, if you're going to enter a seminary or not enter a seminary. If you're going to become a nun or not. You know, you can't make big decisions without thinking about it. And that really, humanity has to take time to for the interior life. This requirement of interiority. Catechism says in 1780, 1779, 
that we need to turn inward to allow ourselves to to be with ourselves, to be with this voice of God within us, this Aboriginal vicar of Christ, as St. John Henry Newman says, as quoted in 1778, that our conscience makes a judgment and that we need to give it space to make a judgment and then by the grace of God to follow it. But if we totally um, suppress it, you know, like many people will get drunk so they don't have to uh, make decisions and then when they're drunk they do very silly things. And to a certain degree, yeah, sure, the circumstances are there. They become drunk, maybe they're slightly less, um, slightly less culpable. But on the other hand, so often people do things like that so that they don't have to listen to their conscience. And that is a sin in and of itself. And the other thing that conscience does, very importantly, is conscience convicts us, convinces us of sin. That one of the very hardest things in today's world is to admit sin, to put up your hand and say, I did it, I am wrong, I did wrong. You know, that... Uh, you know, we don't we don't want to do it. We're like the little children that the mother returns home and something's broken in the house and she says, who did it? And nobody puts up, their, puts up their hand and the only thing that might happen is that one child tells on another. But we're very slow to say, I did it. I did wrong. I broke it. I was playing and I, and I pushed and uh, it fell. We were so, find it so hard to do this. And this is why we need this. We need to be able to see the wrong we have done so that we may repent, so that we may be healed, so that we may have hope. That we don't see sin so that we can be depressed, so we can think how terrible everything is, so that we can resign ourselves to going to hell. Not at all. We see sin so that we can repent, so that we can come back to God, so that we can receive his forgiveness and so that we can find our way to heaven. So very good. So tomorrow we continue and tomorrow we look at 1783 through 1785. God bless.